is that you would catch the message. You know, the actual experience, that's not, it wasn't, it doesn't have to be for everybody. But the message, that's what we relate to. We all people, and that's it, twin. That's the bottom line. Hi, I'm Aaron, and welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, where we explore, well, you guessed it, hip hop. I'll be interviewing the best artists in the game while also taking some time to appreciate some new and classic albums. Make sure you like and subscribe to the show and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for any upcoming news and guests. Also, don't forget to check out my new Patreon under Hip Hop Hustle that will give you exclusive content and help me keep the show running and getting better. All right, let's get into it. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. Uh, I'm super excited about this one. Uh, we've got a great guest on the show. It's UFO Fev. I actually used to think it was UFO Fev, and then I realized that Fev comes from fever because you're you're hot. Um, so that that took a because we had a footballer in Australia whose name was Brendan Fafal. Everyone called him Fev. So I was like, oh, it's Fev. Yep. But, UFO Fave, make sure you check him out. Um, he just released a new project. You'll have to forgive me because it's in Latin. Um, and I always, whenever it's in like Latin, I'm always like lost and I never know how to pronounce it. So I'm going to do my best, but it's E Pluribus Unum, which I think. Killed I, it. You killed I, it, man. Good job. Good job, man. Good job. <laughs> but, um, but I think that means one among many or, or like, it's something around that translation, but I love that as kind of a meaning. Cause I was like, if he's a rapper, he's an artist, he's got to have something in there other than just, you know, random Latin. That's right. So it's, um, it is E Pluribus Unum, as you said, man, it's produced by DJ J Hart and it means out of many one. And, um, it's pretty much the slogan of the United States is on like the dollar bill. It's like on all the bridges It's on the, the seal. And, um, I was crossing the bridge. I was going into a um, tunnel one day and I seen it on the seal. And I've always, this was, you know, years ago. And I've always like, it always stuck out. You know what I'm saying? On what it meant. And um, yeah, it was the perfect time to use it. Uh, we wanted to dedicate the cover and the project um, sound-wise and experience-wise to like my 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 family and my, my friends. So that's why you see on the cover, I got uh, my friends. We shot that in my um my aunt's kitchen, and um throughout the music and the album we got skits from my dad, my mom, and uh, my cousin. You'll hear that on the album. So it's pretty much based on my surroundings, but like me telling it for them. You know what I'm saying? You know what I what I really like, especially about the start of the album, is how light it is. Like it's just like such got light instrumentals, and the beat selection was really good, and the transitions between beats are really good as well so like i definitely recommend i've been listening to it all morning is just like get myself ready for for the interview but like yeah i definitely recommend it because it's interesting to me like to use a slogan from that's used so widely by the u.s like why was it that slogan as opposed to any other kind of saying or slogan or something like that i think um well i like to keep i it happens subconsciously. It doesn't happen like with um, intent, but some reason for like the art, I like to use the things that's always like right there under our noses. You know what I'm saying? Something that makes you like um, say, oh man, like, you know, um, from the project, um, one of my first projects is titled Bible, you know, basic instructions before leaving earth. You know, we shot the cover in the church. So it's like we, it represents, it gives the, um, and it's the same thing with E Pluribus Unum. It's something that everybody sees every day. It's on their money. It's in their pocket. It's all over the city. But you just don't pay no mind to it because it's in Latin. You know what I'm saying? And it's something that's like money is so disposable to people. That's how disposable it is. They Sometimes you don't even know what's on it. You haven't even fully looked and gave it a look. So, um. It just represents where we at. We had another title for the project originally. It started off with something else. And um, it just formed. It Like you said, the instrumentals, everything shaped to, like, represent the story of, like, um, those around me and everybody that, um, like, the things that made me UFO feed. That's that album right there. E Pluribus is pretty much tells you about me growing up from a child 
and um, how I grew up with my mom and everything like that. To like, so you could kind of understand where we at now and why we provide you with the music or content or how I carry myself the way I carry myself. Why wait so long to explore that? You know, because you've you've been re- releasing projects for I think it's like five or six years now. You know, you've got quite a long catalog, but why now is the time to be like, okay, let me show you where I'm from. Let me show you, you know, about my family and really give you who I am. It's an awesome question, brother. Um, I think it came with the, uh, I think it came with a first and foremost where I'm at in life and how like everyone around me is doing much better. Um, you know, they attribute the energy that I, you know what I'm saying? The us being a nucleus to them doing better. So it's like actually seeing everyone doing better to it being organically made with Jay Hart, like from in person, because Jay hangs out with me a lot. Jay uh, used to live in my neighborhood for a little while. So like when he first came to America, uh, he had like one of his apartments was in my neighborhood. So he knows the, the neighborhood. He knows the landscape. He's hung out with us. And um, when I told him, like, this is what I, how I felt, it kind he was kind of like the perfect canvas to, like, pro- he provided the perfect canvas to paint that. You know, it was um, probably stuff I couldn't get off if I wasn't able to do it with someone in, in person, you know, like just looping up beats and stuff off the internet. I mean, from other producers, from the email, sometimes it takes me to like places I want to go. But uh, with a producer like Jay, who I actually have a relationship with, we both know, you know, it's somewhere where I could say, yo, we should go here. And he has to want to go there as well. You know, so when I said I want to go here, he was the perfect guy to know how to make it sound because he's lived in a landscape and he's been with me. So he knows, he knows more or less like, you know, feed, this is the sound like that captures East Harlem, you know? I think it's hard because like, I'm sure a lot of artists want to be able to do what you do, but in the same way, like they don't have anyone in the industry close enough, you know, because I think for this type of project, you want everyone around you to be close, like, because you don't want to really bear your soul or like show someone so much of you, but they don't really know who you are. And you're like, you know, and as much as we don't want to be judged and we don't really, we're not really scared of it subconsciously. It can be like, you know, I've only met this person like three times. They're in a studio with me and I'm talking about some really, you know, painful things. Or I'm talking about some things that are important to me and it can actually take you away from what you're trying to achieve because you're worried about what they're thinking. But like when right. you've got a close friend, it's like, I don't have to worry about that because they know. And I love that you use the same producer for the whole project. I think for projects like this, it's crucial because otherwise you get such a weird mix of sounds. You're going to get like one beat and then the transition doesn't really work into the next. So I'm I'm a fan of what you did there, man. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's pretty much part of my formula at this point. Um, Like I have a project that I dropped in November and um, that one was a nucleus of various producers. It was well received. People liked it, but it wasn't topic driven. You know, it wasn't, um, I wasn't reaching a specific point. I was just delivering dope rhymes over some dope beats and everything fell in sync and people loved that. And I like to do those too. I have a bunch of records where I'm in the studio and I might be recording for something. And then I'll have records that I have written that I'll record them in the process of recording something else just to have, um, you know, I don't want to get redundant, you know, recording a project. I try not to like hit too many of the same marks. So I might have other songs in the midst of it that I I collect throughout the year. And um, I like to put a project out that's various producers. But for this one, um, Jay Hart is, uh, uh, we collaborated in the past on a project titled Emigres. So that was like him first coming to America and um, that project represented him. You know, it was me making music in representation of him. And Emigre is someone who comes from a country, is, is not an immigrant, it's actually a, someone who comes from another country looking for work. And that's what Jay did. You know, Jay came to America wanting hip hop to be his form of occupation. So um, that's what Emigre was. And for this one is vice versa. He let me speak for my people 
And like you said, we were able to keep the whole process tight knit. You know, I don't have no outside features. The features are my um, actual people that I work with constantly. And even on the photo shoot for the cover, you know, we were hanging out. So I, I, everything was pretty much the nucleus for the project was based around um, people that I wanted it to be based upon. So I'm glad you got that. And I'm glad you feel like that for real. That album that you did when he came over, right? How, yeah. like, how does it feel for you? Because, you know, again, it's like to be trusted with something like that where someone's like, Hey, my skill set is not to put this into words. It's not to be able to create a song or, or create you know, an album and then you have to do it. I mean, you, you were the one who was putting the lyrics together, who was like, you know, the hooks, what do they look like? Like, how does that feel like for someone to be like, hey, this is such a personal thing to me. I can put the beats, but like the actual content itself would have been like, it's like a privilege, but it's also kind of scary at the same time. Um, He was feeding me all the vibes, you know, everything he was, for that project for me, this, um, like you said, I was writing, and the music comes from me like my thought process but he was giving me the vibes like he was telling me you know i i want to make something like this he this is how i'm feeling you know what i'm saying and i will address it you know we he had an upbeat joint and um he was feeling good then i wrote in that vein you know it's like ooh, you know so we had that nucleus in the studio where like he would play something and he would tell me like oh i was thinking about this for you like listening i'll play it and i'll get his energy and I would take it from there. So um, that's pretty much, it's not like, um, it's in hindsight and retrospect, it's, it's, it's very heavy thing. You know what I'm saying? Like when you put it in a sense, it's like, man, you in charge of doing, um, representing, you know, but ultimately we represent each other, you know, man, sharpened man. If, if we're working together, twin, if I'm working with you and you're working with me and the people, and we're going to give something to the world, then ultimately it has to be what I feel is dope to equal to what you feel is dope. And it, and that makes it twice as good, you know? So if we can meet that and you like what I'm doing and I like what you're doing, then I feel like it's, it's okay. Um, in hindsight, you see it as a, a union and stuff, but at the time, if it's good vibes, twin it, you gotta let it ride. Yeah. It's weird. Cause I think, I think you're right. You probably don't think about it at the time because you don't want it to become too big because then you can't yeah. wrap your head around it. Then you're going to over dissect it and overthink it. And you want to exactly. feel the vibe in the room. Like only, yeah, like you said, I think it's now me as an outsider looking in, I'm like, damn, if one of my friends asked me, I'd be like, fuck, that's, that's a lot of yeah. pressure. It's like writing a book. But for it, somebody. Won't be, it, it, it will probably not be asked in that minute. It will probably come in the vibe to where you create it. Like, you know, it's like when, if it comes in a good vibe to you, like if it comes in the form of it being um tedious or a task, then it weighs heavy. You know what I'm saying? Then it's something you have to attack with uh time and grace. But if it's something that's forming naturally and you guys are recording a podcast or something, and little do you know he's opening up to you during the podcast or whatever, you guys, it's like a therapy session, you know what I'm saying? And he asks you, can he come back and do it again? And then by the time you know it, three or four sessions and you guys have like something that is important to him as well as important to you. And um, it's a representation of you both, but it just happened, you know what I'm saying? I gotta say, you put you put it so well, cause that actually, that does happen. People do open up to me and whether it be on the podcast or just in general, people do talk to me. I think, I don't know what it is. It must be the sound of the Absolutely. voice. Absolutely. It becomes a, a form of like a therapy, you know what I'm saying? And they don't know you're helping them or helping themselves at that, at that point, because it's just organic, you know what I'm saying? So if you take those recordings and you make a collection of something of, problem of it's like problem ted talks you know what i'm saying uh, and, and people will listen back and didn't even realize what what was going on yeah man so insightful it's i love that that's why i love speaking to artists I, people always ask me like you know i love number one the music i love but i also love the fact that you know artists think about stuff differently to like normal people like and, and you know i say normal as in like i think like you're looking at me, you're smiling. So anyone who's like listening to the audio version, I mean, normal is in like, we, we just think differently. And then creatives that just have this way of like putting things together, getting analogies. Like it's just, it's, it's awesome. That's why the yeah, music I, say, I think, I think um, 
the, like it's like the left brain is active. You know what I'm saying? It's when you have to give it some time for the natural for the for the person who's not being creative on a daily basis and they're just doing things, then they're forced to have to, they're always forced to think uh, on that. Like if you have work and you have lunch, you have to think what you want for lunch in a fast time because you only have a certain amount of time for break. If you're going home, you have to decide whether you're going to take the train, express train or local fast. You know, these things have to happen. Your brain has to process things fast when you live in the, the grind life. But as an artist, or as anybody else when you uh, that uses the left brain that just has to take time to think or does business when good you know when you're doing business you have to you get a contract you know you might be excited for the opportunity but the contract doesn't necessarily always be in your favor so your right brain your excited part might just there yeah, let's go but you know if you have that in you to take your time and just be patient and try to like under comprehend it real quick before you give an answer because your brain works that fast. You can comprehend fast enough to give yourself an intelligent decision, but usually we go with the surface. You know what I'm saying? Like it takes like two or three times to think in your mind. Like you asking me a question while you're asking me, uh, the natural mind is reacting already and coming up with an answer leading you towards what I, what you want to say. But if you consciously like avoid that answer, right. And think again, it's going to take you to another place where you'll be like, Oh wait, you know what I'm saying? Then if you scrap that one, when now you thir- now you three times deep and you being able to like go into see things a different kind of way. It's like a, um, it's like, I'm a big Seinfeld fan, right? The show. And, um, oh, all man. I love Seinfeld. Like, all right. So yeah. on, on Jerry's refrigerator twin, he has a sticker that's he has three stickers that say think, think again, think once more. So, like all my life, I've been a Seinfeld fan. Forever. I've always seen that. It's in pieces. It says like think, think once again, think once more. So it's always stuck, like think three times before you finally make that right decision, you know? I think that's really good advice because I think we all get stuck in the impulse decision. I see when I talk to people, it's like, you know, when you ask someone a question, their natural instinct is to say no. And then they start talking and they realize that what they should have said is said yes. So they're like, no, no, no. And then they start explaining and all of a sudden they're agreeing. And I think that's exactly what it is. It's like that instinctual kind of first response is one thing. And then when you explore the idea, you see something completely different. I, we all go through that. It's helped me be, navigate, you know, even as a um, uh, as I struggle with like PTSD from being in the streets and like aggression. Is is uh, it's like your first uh, it's like your first reaction is always one thing. So I've learned like you know, even when dealing with men, you know, they usually come off defense. It's always defense, you know. So always feel like someone's. So it's like if you teach them to think or if you approach them, if you owe if, if like a problem, if you can explain it in a way that forces the opposition to think, then it squashes or it, it negates all issues. You know what I'm saying? Because it provides them an opportunity to see things like you said, from a perspective, they might not have been seeing it. So if you ever in like a, a conflict or confrontation, and you're able to articulate yourself in a way that makes the person have to think, then you you won. You're going to win. It's, it's not going to be a problem. I always think that in a scenario like that, people escalate real quick. Like sometimes I think that the, the mistake that especially men make is like, you know, when you're getting tested is to rise higher. But then the yeah. higher you get, yep. it's impossible to go down. So it's, it's like your job. It's your job to make sure that, you know, it doesn't escalate any further. Because if Before you start you know pushing, it, I have to prove myself. You know, if I get to a certain point, I have to prove myself. You know, I can't uh, puff your chest out too much. Then you full of air. You're going to eventually have to prove that you can let that air out. You know what I'm saying? So I've grown to like, because I've matured. So I don't want to have to prove, I don't have anything to prove. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to have to prove myself. So now when I get in confrontation, they're usually not confrontation is usually turns out to be discussions and understandings. And I've had plenty of conversations, even in the industry where I just had to like speak my mind. And usually it will force someone to get, if it's, you know, if I, if guys be like, yo, I'm not a rapper. And it's, 
I wouldn't, it, to me, it doesn't matter if you're a rapper or FedEx guy, UPS guy, this was wrong. You know what I'm saying? This is what you're doing right here is wrong. Now, if you feel like carrying on aggressively after that, then I'm more than welcome to carry on. We can choose so in sound mind. Don't have to choose so in, in, in your first instinct because it's not really what you want. And I'm not approaching you like that. I was just telling you something was wrong. Now, right? I said that. I made it clear. That's my feelings. You don't have to respect them. If you choose to not respect my feelings and carry on, we can move forward with that now. But it's going to go like this now. You know what I'm saying? So before I take it there, just know that I'm asking you or I'm telling you to respect my emotions and what you was doing, I feel like was wrong. And this is why. You know what I'm saying? It's not like I'm just ramp. You were just beating someone down like with your words. That's what makes men try to level up. Usually the words, you know, if someone says, yeah, yeah, then it leads everyone to be, you know, more. So it's like usually just listen. I Well, for me, you know, if it can help anybody else, I listen. I listen to the words people are choosing when they talk to me. And if it's aggressive or it's coming off with emotion, then I let them. I try to bring them back down to a place of understanding where we get off that immediately because I don't me personally as a human being. And as a man, when dealing with other men, I take all emotion out. I learned that by dealing with wealthy men, you cannot discuss things in business that you feel are right or wrong for yourself in business with emotion. You have to speak it with just straight fact with pure fact, no emotion, no feeling. Uh, this is what it is. And this is why I deserve this. You understand? So it's the same thing with, man, I, this is what it is. And this is why I deserve the respect on it. If you choose to not stand on it like in business, then we no longer have to deal with each other, right? You're not going to pay me or we're not going to take do, do the deal. Then it's okay. It's not, it's amicable. We could still go our separate ways, but um, it doesn't always have to be, you know, um, no, that's a problem with the world, though, man. We don't consider each other. You know, we don't consider each other and take the time to just give that little a respect. You might be having a bad day, right? And you've seen something and you want to say something and, hey, I'm going to let you get it off, but I'm going to let you know that's not what it is. And then, like we said in our past point, dude or whoever it is is probably going to open up to you and be like, nah, man, I'm going to be honest. Man, I've just been having a shitty day. You know, my fucking wife, so, you know, this, uh, my kid, and you're like, yo, man, but that's all good. You can call me to speak about that, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can tell me you're having a shitty day. You don't have to, it doesn't always have to life with, like, just letting people be who they are, you know, and most people have emotions, and they're going to react like first. So I'm always prepared. You know what I'm saying? I'm always prepared for someone to be emotional. And like I said, I just don't deal with emotion. I keep it numb, straight, straight solid. Well, I think there's a couple points, really good points you make. And, you know, part of it, there's, there's a quote that I love and it's like, sometimes it's an insult to compete. And it's like, and sometimes, and, you know, if Absolutely. you, so, and so you don't have to prove yourself every time you get tested, you don't right. have to try and fight somebody, everybody's every single time, because like, you know, and I, and I kind of have reflected on this because I had an interview a while ago uh, with a different artist and he was talking about, you know, having to prove yourself as a man and having to test yourself. But I think the true kind of sign of a man is like you're confident in yourself and you don't have to, you don't have to go and fight people. You don't have to test yourself. You don't have to prove yourself because you're confident in your own kind of where you are as a person and you own that and even in the spiritual and it's not just in the physical aggression way as a man even in the spiritual way we choose to be with women or we choose to be who we are you don't have to always prove yourself you know what i'm saying sometimes being with the person who makes you happy is the best decision it's not because you want to get the girl with the big butt or you know, sometimes you have to be, it's a constant battle and it's discipline. It's all around discipline. It's living like a Navy SEAL, living like Sun Tzu, living like, you know, one of these people who've put their life around them in order. You know, everything is in line and you're just trying to be a man. That's it. You're not out here um, hurting anyone for the, for the most part. You know what I'm saying? Physically, mentally, none of that. 
You're not doing none of that. You just out here contributing to the world as opposed to taking. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you look through history books, every you know leader, everyone that's ever been looked at as like someone to be admired is actually somebody who helps the people around them rather than fights the people around them. That's Absolutely. The true sign of like a good person is like they bring people up with them as opposed to, you know, destroying everyone on their way up. And I think that's it's a big difference. And, you know, I, and I think that point where you said where people may be having a bad day is such a good point because like you might be having a shit day as well. You know, like I, I remember when I, I, I used to work at a bank and I used to sell credit cards and personal loans and all that, you know, cool stuff that, that the banks sell. Right. But, right. and so ne- people asked me and like, they, they were like, you never get angry. And I'm like, yeah, because they never, like, if they're yelling at me, they're not yelling at me because it's nothing that I ever do. They're just annoyed because I had to spend Personally. the time on the phone because it's like an hour wait. And then like, something's not working. Someone else told them something. So I don't care. You can call me an asshole. You can call me a dickhead. I'm not going to take it personally because number one, they're on the phone. So like, what are they going to do? They're, they're over the phone. So right. you just stay calm. I used to always just go, yeah, no worries. Yeah. Continue. Because like, what's the point of rising? What's the point of fighting them? It's not your problem, man. You got bigger fish to fry, you know? So we have to, we, you know, and that's, um, I try to like, that's why my music is, is, um, is, emo, is, is, is driven that way. You know, it's driven with discipline that sometimes it might just, um, I try not to get like too lost in what's going on and doing anything else. It's like I try to tr- always, um, whether it be e pluribus unum with the message it has or, you know, anything else, it's trying to be more mature and disciplined with the music. Not not um saying like it's old music, you know, I don't know why I listen. It's not for like old fart music, but um, it's music that is responsible. You know what I'm saying? So like I have songs for my children I have songs for my wife. I have songs for my friends. I have songs where we're lifting people up. I have songs where we're tearing people down. I have songs where, you know, like you said, kind of day we're having. And I like to live my life thinking everybody had a little bit of a hectic day. You know, I don't like to think anybody is like just out here riding a bike through a sunflower field with, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody's having something going on. So, um, I would, I like to have my music try to be like that silver line and way. If you're going to work, you throw it on before you jump on the monorail, the train, you know, you jump in your car, you can feel good. If you're coming home from work, you can throw it in there. If you're going on a Saturday with your kids, you could play it, you know, so it's not, um, it's not bad vibes at all. Try to go on good vibes all, all, all around. Yeah. And I think good vibes breed good vibes. Like positivity breeds positivity. And, you know, I think, you know, that I think that's one thing that's really unique about rappers and artists in particular is like there is something that's so positive about the outlook of every artist because no artist turns around and goes, I'm not going to make it. Every nope. artist is like, I'm going to make it. And whether that's true or not, simply the idea of like, the positivity and, you know, the never, never give up. And the, you know, last project wasn't what I wanted. So I'm going to make a new one. I'm going to keep going and I'm never going to give up is like the best life lesson. And I just love that as like, you know, don't, don't just listen to what's being rapped about because, you know, we all put on a facade. It's a show, you know, gangster rap, like fine, it's gangster rap, but like look at the hustle that they actually have to put in, to drop the projects look at you know the fact that they never stop that they you know want to continue and like now you're seeing successful artists they're not 20 anymore they're 35 so they've been rapping since their 20s but they're 35 40 and it's taken them you know 15 20 years artists we grew up on uh like our legends right they're just reaping newfound success so it's showing you you have you have nori you got guys like Joe Button. You got guys like Fat Joe, who who's more popular now than he's ever been in his career. You know what I'm saying? Well, Nas, so we, Nas is having Nas a comeback. Dropping, Nas dropping albums. Jay-Z's a billionaire. Kanye's a billionaire. You know, so we have our uh, goats as well. You know, the cemented guys actually reaching new levels that that is like 
attribute to you to never want to stop. What am I going to stop for? If, you know, I have might have a career at 50 doing something else, you know, so it's like, um, we're kind of growing with, with the, the world as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is all new. We, it, uh, we're the first, we're, we're maybe like the third generation of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, we're growing with it as well. You know, so if hip hop is 45 years old and we're in our 30s, you know, we only 10, 12, 15 years removed from the, it's like having a 15 year old older brother. You know, fifteen year a brother a brother that's fifteen years older than you, and you was there. You wasn't there for the first fifteen years, but you watched him grow the next fifteen to who he is. And you seen him like girls. He helped you figure out how to dress. You know, he helped you figure out how to talk because that was the time he was going through. You know what I'm saying? So you were there for that, and it's the same thing with hip hop. It taught us how to dress. It taught us how to like girls. It taught us how to be cool. And now it's older, right? Now it has kids. Now it's teaching us how to be men with our kids. Now it's teaching us how to treat women better. You know, how to uh, be financially, you know, fiscally responsible. So it's maturing. And as we see the younger kids as well under us that are not paying attention, you know, like, like your little brother, you know, like if you had a 15-year-old little brother that's under you and he's the hardhead, he don't care about, you know, the older brother's not as cool to him. You know what I'm saying? And yes, his older, his, we love it, his family, but like he's likes the stuff that's outside. You know, he's still attracted to the other stuff and we're trying to bring him in to this cool stuff. You know, he likes it. He knows it exists. He knows that we're here. He knows what we like and he makes fun of us, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, he's still part of us, you know what I'm saying? That young generation is still our little brothers. And, you know, we might, I might not be a fan of the music, you know, not saying I'm not, uh, you know, what they call drill or mumble rap. They don't like none of that stuff, right? But respect, as you should not like none of that stuff because it's not for you. It's your little brother's stuff, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you don't want to hang out with your little brother's crew. You know, they don't feel right, but you got to respect what they're doing at the same time and who they're going to, you got to give them time to turn into one of us, grow up. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when I was trying to hang out with my older cousin, I don't have older brother, but I have older cousins and uncles. And when I was trying to hang out with them as the young kid, they would not hang out with me. They would shit me out. You know what I'm saying? That I had a cousin who I would knock on the door and his friends will open and he'll be sitting on the couch like looking at me and they'll be like oh he's not here and they'll close the door in my face you know what I'm saying so it's like you got to go through that man and I think um we're going through that in real time you know in real life like right now we're seeing things that are awesome that we've grown up with some of the best things that are now classic and that we could celebrate at any time you know and now we also getting new things that are going to grow to be that for other people, you know what I'm saying? So um I've just learned to appreciate where we at in life. Um, you know, I don't hate on nothing. I'm still trying to I just I still try to keep that joy of being impressed by stuff too. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be like the old guy who's like, oh hey, man, that's not cool. You know, so I still like see things and be like, wow, you know, dang man, that's awesome. But even if it's not for me, you know what I'm saying? I gotta understand it. I got kids now myself. So my daughters are going to grow up with stuff they think is cool. And I got to try to be cool too. You know what I'm saying? So it is what it is, man. And as long as we could try to like, just appreciate where we at, because we never going to get this again. I, I love that analogy so much as like, you know, just the, just the older brother. And the cool thing is as well, like not only did we see, see the success of the older brother, but we saw the mistakes because yeah. like, it's the first one. He was the first one or, or she was the, the first one to make those mistakes where it was like they were trying to figure it out and, you know, they did the wrong things. Like maybe, you know, someone sold rights when they shouldn't have sold rights. Deals, yes. not the right deals. You know, it was, it took too long for this to happen or we, it, this happened too early. And so, like, we saw all those mistakes but that it worked out in the end and that there's still a long way to go but, like, the genre's never been as good as it is now and like 
like you said, like with the new music, the drill, the trap, like I said, I'm a, I personally, I'm like, whatever mood you're in, you want music for any mood. And that's what we got. We got music for any mood. And so I agree with you. I don't like, if it's not for you, don't listen to it, but like you shouldn't shut yourself out to liking it. That's the difference is like, just be open to it because you'll find shit that you like. It doesn't have to be everything that you like, but it's just find the stuff that you like. And like, it's like the, yeah, like you said, like the younger brother, some or the younger siblings, sometimes they'll surprise you. Like sometimes they surprise you with the shit that they can do. And you're like, I didn't think that you could do that. And then they show you and you're like, damn, I don't want to show too much impressed because like, I still want them to keep getting better. But like that shit was fire. So like, uh, yeah, that's such a good way of thinking about it. That's absolutely correct, brother. And we went through that ourselves. So we know nobody know it better than us. You know what I'm saying? So he just keeps getting passed down. Well, my younger brother, he's five years younger than me. He was, he's into like the trap and, and like the drill sound. And I've been trying to say for a while now, like, you know, you got to go back and listen to some classic shit. And he started listening to it. And finally he is like starting to see what we've been saying the whole time that like, you know, and I always say lyrically, it just can't, it's like the epitome of what it was. And, you know, it doesn't matter which genre because like technically it's like technique. And I keep trying to say like, the sound is one thing because like tech's evolved, you know, we can do things on our computers. You can make a beat on your computer. You couldn't do that before. Like DJ Premier talks so much on how hard it was. He had his, you know, floppy disks. Whereas like now technology is so good. The sound is so crisp that obviously it's going to sound better. But lyrically, the real focus of like composing bars, that is almost unbeatable already in his already written in history so i could for them it's opening your minds like reading a new book when you hear something like dmx is slipping or they hear something they it's like wow you know what i'm saying like it blows their mind is reading a new book is reading a good book for a young man you know so it's like like you said it's stuff that can't be duplicated you listen into this kind of hip-hop that's awesome now i'm into it too i like charlie i like central c i like I like all the New York stuff. You know, I listen to it. I try to like at least be able to have a discussion about it, you know. Uh, but <clears throat> excuse me. I like that's it's like a magazine. I like reading magazines, but I like books too. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I like the newspaper, it depends. You know, it all it all got its flavor in this time and its day. So um, but as far as the youngins going back and checking that stuff out, they always come back happy. It always wins when it never fails, because like I said, it's like reading a new book to hear someone do this with words. It blows your mind, you know, because the young guys haven't lived the life that long enough to give that kind of stuff. You know, so it's like what's happening now with the young guys when they rap is what's happening now. You know, it's like. You, you only 18, 19, you know, you're 20, you don't have that much experience in nothing. So when, when, when you're 19, 20 and you're listening to a Nas or you're listening to UFO Fieve or you're listening to Benny the Butcher or Griselda or anything that has that, that flavor in it is like, you like, wow, because the words are, it's experience and it's words that are put together. So I think that's what made Nas so dope is that, you know, at, at, Illmatic at 19 to just put the words together the way he words a new book. You know, Joe, um, Fat Joe and I have these discussions all the time about like what it was like. You know, it's like he, the other day he made an analogy. Uh, we were talking and he said he's been listening to Illmatic like a week. And he was just like, man, Feeb, this album, man, is so proud. Remember when it came out, it was like a new computer. Like, you got a new computer. That's exactly what Joe referenced it to. Like, yo, feed, man, like that. Because I was like, yo, that album crack. like, I was a young kid, you know, but, like, I wasn't in my right mind, a teenager or nothing like that, you know, like, outside, outside. So when he, you know, Illmatic, you know, when I asked him, it was like, yeah, feed, man, it was like a new computer came out. Like, it made everybody have to update their shit. 
You know what I'm saying? Like you couldn't rhyme like ha ha ha. Like you couldn't do that no more. Like it was over for that officially. You know what I'm saying? It was all about this. You had to rhyme like this. That was it. So um, yeah, man, that kind of like shifted the pendulum, and that shows you like if that makes another, I made every MC feel like that. That album. You know what I'm saying? I made every MC. So anything after that, when kids hear it or young men hear it, it's like holy cow. It's like a new computer. It's like you hearing dialect and words spitting so fast in the in the sequence that your brain could intake and you like, oof. You know, it's like uh uh how he start. I don't know how hey, yo rappers, I'm monkey flip and kick the funky rhythm and up. It's like you hear that and you like, woo, like anybody, it don't matter, you know what I'm saying? 17, 30, it don't matter, 14 years old. Yeah, I don't know how to start this shit. Rappers, I'm monkey flipping one funky rhythm, and you like, oh, everybody like, when that comes on, it's just like, oh, shit. It's just what it is. Twin is good fool. You can't beat that. You know what I'm saying? Well, what do you think it was? Because, like, he was so young when he dropped it. You know, like. Like Joe said, man, it just was new. It just was a new style. You know what I'm saying? It just was, it wasn't. You see, like Coogee rap is the is the godfather of gangster rap, right? Like Coogee rap started that flow of like kicking that, cracking my pocket, rolling this thing, you know, talking to, after that, Nas pretty much like is his off, not his direct son, right? It wouldn't be his son, but it's like if he had, like if he was dating, God bless her soul, I don't mean in any disrespect, like, but if Coogee rap was dating Nas's mom, and Nas watched Cool G rap like a stepdad. You know what I'm saying? We're like, you know, because like a dad is like first encounter, right? But like a stepdad coming in, the kid is already growing. You know what I'm saying? He already like with his mom. So he looking like at everything this guy does. Critique, you know what I'm saying? Critiquing it because it's a new new energy in your life. And that kind of what I would um, attribute Nas to doing. He was like, Cool G was a stepdad. So when he came out, it went from like having to rap about like gangster rap to like everything before that was gangster rap. Like I'll kill, you know, it was like direct. And after when after Nas did it, it was more like retrospective where like he was speaking for the ghetto. Where it wasn't like someone struggling where like Cool G was more like I'm hustling and I'm, I'm doing this. It was more like, yo, this is what's going on in the ghetto. You know what I'm saying? So it made everybody be able to be like, oh, man, we could talk about like, you know, uh, little Jerome's niece that got shot coming home from Jones Beach. You know what I'm saying? We could talk about uh, these guys that are like, so it was like, you know, it, it was like you can talk about what you mind. see, like what you live rather than just like what you do. And but it's so interesting because like, yeah, it was new, but like for someone so young to be able to put it together, like, you know, mob deep as well. I, that I was a, that's what, you know, that's the point to win. That's what Joe treated. Like for him to be that young is what made him Nas. You know, it was like to be that ill, you know, to be able to be that descriptive of talking about, you know, seeing stuff out your bedroom window and stuff. And, and at a young age, it's like, like I said, it was new. People wasn't doing that. Twin, it just wasn't like that, you know? So it was, and like you said, Mob Deep too. That whole project, you know, kids in the projects. That's what it. That's what I attribute hip hop to. That's my favorite hip hop for me. Twin, when it comes from the projects, you know, I'm from the projects. So I, I all my favorite rappers from Jay Z to Mob Deep to Nas, um, you know, everybody's from a project. You know, what I'm saying DMX is from School Street. You know, everybody's from a place of like, you know, where it's like not high literacy but we making the most potent stuff you know what i'm saying and it comes from like a place where like and you from here you understand it's hard to explain to the listener anybody else what it's like but like it's pretty much um you in the in the city right already you in the ghetto already but then you in another ghetto comes under you understand like you know what i'm saying with like you in the projects where the kids, well, I'm from East Harlem, right? So like these guys that are like from regular buildings, right, Twin, and they had a better chip, but like we from the project, we were always like looked down upon, like, yo, 
those guys from the projects. You know, like the people who lived in the building, their mothers would be like, yo, don't hang with those guys from the projects. You know, but like we all from the, she's right across the street. You know what I'm saying? Like, it don't make them no better, but it's just like that. I don't know. So it's like that makes the kind of music that is just different when it's just pure. It's just makes the best music for me. You know what I'm saying? To me. And um, I digress on my point, but like, yeah, it's when like those kind of artists are like the best ones. They To me, they make that music that don't miss forever. Well, I agree with you because it's my favorite music as well. And, you know, it's interesting because like you grew up around there. I didn't. So like I'm a world away. I have no comprehension of what life would have been like. I can only understand what I hear in tracks and what people tell me, right? So like, but even still, it's like the thing that's awesome about it, it's like a window into the soul. It's like, there's no lie. It's like, I'm, and yeah, like, okay. I'm, you and I both know like things are exaggerated and things are said to make them sound good. But like the yeah. core of it is yeah. like, comes from a place of truth. And there's like this, there's this like grittiness and there's this like emotional and there's this, there's just so much under the surface and that's what i love about it like i i cannot connect in terms of growing up but i can connect in terms of what's being said the story that's being told the picture that's being painted and i'm like i think that's the important part that's all that matters twin is that that's that's like that is that you would catch the message you know the actual experience that's not the it wasn't it doesn't have to be for everybody but the message that's what we relate to we all people and that's it, twin. That's the bottom line. We all, we all, whatever you want to uh, categorize us as homo sapiens, as human beings, as man, whatever you want to say it, we are, twin. We all the same genetic code. And if someone hurts, right? Like if the world part, if a part of the world blew up, we all feel fucked. You know, nobody's actually celebrating that. You know what I'm saying? Like for some, it's just empathy. Is one of the greatest gifts we were given, you know, sympathy and empathy to put yourselves in another person's situation and feel for them. And um, because although you didn't grow up in Jefferson houses, right, doesn't mean that you didn't go through struggles, twin. So my struggles might have been this, that, and the third uh, poor, right? I'm going through not able to eat in the projects. You're going through not being able to eat in Australia where you are, you know what I'm saying? And it might be, a little, it might be tougher than where I'm at, but it don't visually look, you escape and you're like, man, these people over here, there's no difference when we all struggling, you know what I'm saying? We all got issues, you know, so I think it makes the best music, twin, I think. is, And like you said, it's honest because you can't lie. You know, you can't come from this environment and be like, you was doing all these things. You know, I think it's like someone down the line is like I've seen it happen to rappers with my own eyes I've seen rappers claim things and do things and like the energy just pushes them out the way you know it might not necessarily be a person it doesn't have to be a person to come and say yo this person is but I think the collective energy of people being like yeah it pushes you out the way you know it makes you you can never be comfortable you know what I'm saying? You can never, you can't say you from the streets, right, of this place and, you know, you rep a gang. and You can do all that when you have money. You know what I'm saying? And it's, but like, you're never comfortable. You, it's just popularity. You know what I'm saying? And you're always going to be in that place where like, you, people are going to want something from you because that's the way they met you. You know, that's the way they know you is, by getting things from you or taking things from you. They don't know you from being like them, you know, of being of them, one of them. So it's like, you could go ahead and do that and make it. And, um, you know, it's all good. Cause everyone, you know, I, you know, nobody likes to knock a hustle. Nobody likes to, you know, be like, yo, he, he don't deserve to be there. So you don't want to do that. You know what I'm saying? But you are going to be in an uncomfortable situation, you know? So it's like, I was watching a Kung Fu flick I'm a big Kung Fu fan, right? So I'm watching a Kung Fu flick the other day and there's this guy going through, looking for a new master um, to teach him. But as he's asking teachers, 
he's challenging them as well. So they're getting offended and they're like, why would you challenge me? And he's saying, um, if I could beat you, then I, there's nothing I could learn from you. So there's like this, this, this school, uh, he walks by and they're like taking people's money and stuff. And like, you know, they're acting like they're the strongest. And um, the kid he's with from the town, he asked the kid in the town to, um, he tells him his goal. Like, I'm looking for a master. So the kid is like, yo, let's go to this school right here. So the kid takes him to the school and, and he ends up beating up the whole school. And he gets mad at the kid. He's like, yo, you brought me to the school. These guys don't know karate. He tells them, yeah, but they've been fronting. They needed, somebody needed to expose them. They've been fronting this whole time. I don't like the way they take people's money and act like they, the, you know, they, they've been acting like they're the top needed to show them that. And, you know, when, after he beat everybody up, you know, the crowd that was around giving the money, they were like, ah, you know, they threw the tomato, ah, these guys are fake. Like, and I think that's pretty much what happens to the people who like, you know, faking the funk. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I like, I think it's, it's so important, but like, you know, when it comes to problems and you're right, everyone has problems. They may not be as serious, but like when you listen to people who have, you know, worse challenges or worse problems than you, it's like some, sometimes you get some benefit from hearing them get through it and them explore it so that you can get through your own struggle. And I kind of just love that as kind of like just an idea. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you, you should be able to learn from struggle. Well, I was going to ask you because like, you know, I'm sure, you know, you've been asked this before, but do you have like a memory? Do you have like a, a kind of, way that you can describe the streets or, or where you grew up for, for people that, you know, have no comprehension of what it would be. And even for me, because I'm like, yeah, I can hear it in lyrics, but is there like, is there a way for you that you kind of go comprehend what it was and what life was like? Um, yeah, I, I can try. I mean, for the most part, it, it, it was a mutual understanding. You know, we didn't, I'm part of me. I'm trying to find a charger. This thing does. It was um, a mutual understanding. I didn't know um originally, you know, I didn't know we were poor or nothing like that. You know, because it just was what it was. Everybody's like growing up the same way, you know, it was like no big deal. Um I, I started realizing I was poor, like we were poor and stuff, like you know, later on in life when I was like maybe like 11, stuff like that, 12, 13, where I would go other places and see like how people live, you know, a friend, maybe like, maybe, maybe a little, maybe eight, nine years old with like, you stay over a friend's house and they have a nice house, you know, or a nice apartment or something. And you like, oh man, I didn't know this, you know? So, um, yeah, that's pretty much what it was like. It was kind of cool. You know, it wasn't so bad, you know, it's only bad in hindsight because you'd be like, man, that's fucked. <laughs> like we're not supposed to be living like that or doing this kind of stuff. It's always hindsight, but it in um when you're in the jungle, you know the trees don't bother you. You know what I'm saying? If you're living in the jungle, you gotta get used to the mosquitoes and you know the sap on the floor, you know where it's not to step, and you know the the spiders, like you guys down there, right? I would never get used to some of the stuff you guys have to deal with, you know what I'm saying? Like the terrain in Australia, the spiders, the strong kangaroos, you know, the weather. In, to be oh, fair, I don't run into kangaroos very often in my regular life. Like, it's not like I just right, go cool. outside and be like, holy shit, there's so many kangaroos out here. But, like, the, we do have spiders. I'm Like, in Melbourne, it's not so bad. But, like, rural areas, for sure, you're going to get spiders. Like, you're going to get stuff. we got snakes, actually. So snakes, you got to be careful. spiders, yeah. scorpions. You guys got scorpions. Yeah, we got a lot, but it's not like, you know, I would personally, it's like, it's weird because again, it's like normal. Like you said, it's yeah. not like we, you think about it and you know, it's not like I, it's not like in my backyard, I got like five snakes and I'm like, oh shit, there's another day. You, you, we, you don't have it, but it's like an accepted part that like, you got to be careful. There are snakes around when you go to like yeah. bushlands and shit like that. So if you're going camping, like go to a good area and like, be careful because you don't want, and it's tough for dogs actually. Because every now and again, like a dog will just go run off and they'll chase whatever thing and we got a snakes. And the problem is in Australia, I think we got the top five most venomous snakes in the top 10. So in the world, like I think That's we got five fact. in the top 10. So the brown snake is one of the snakes we got. And so it just looks like any other snake, but like, so it's, it's, 
I wouldn't say it's similar, but it's com- it's just like you do grow up going, all right, we've got this thing will kill you. That's that what I was going to tell you. Yeah, so imagine uh, it in human form. You know, you got snakes. You got people that are, you got to be careful, you know, in your backyard. You got five snakes. You got people that are willing to do things to you. The same thing is hard for a dog. You're a dog. You might run off, right? Chase something. You're a guy who likes to be out. You might chase a girl or something. A snake might bite your ass. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. So it's like, yo, it's in it's animals, right? But in, in human form, these people have animalistic traits. You know, they 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 do things to each other that you would never fathom. Twin like hurt each other, and you know, is animalistic traits. But it's not like it's not like that in the same. I'm not trying. You know, some people like you said, they fantasize it or um, romanticize it to make it seem like it's every day. It is something going on every day in the projects. I'm not saying it's not, but it might not necessarily be violence. You know, it might be some other stuff. There's always something going on, whether it's gossip or somebody was sleeping with somebody and the girls are going through it or the guys are, you know, this boat. If it happens, it happens. You know, it usually happens like sudden, or it happens in the sense of like it's a buildup, one or the other. You know what I'm saying? So it could be like, yo, yesterday, uh, this guy Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, right? Yesterday, and now today his brother came back and they some hey, something happened. Or it could be 30 years ago, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. Or yesterday, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. 20 years later, his you know, some that's been lingering. So it's like it's it's I just think, you know what it is, Twin, that makes it so compelling and, like, so difficult is that we're not supposed to be living in the conditions we live in. We're not supposed to be in the building with seven stories, twin, four apartments to, to each floor. That's 52 families. The buildings are connected. That's 106. You know, it's like in your building alone, if you live on the seventh floor, Twin, just to get out the building, you had to pass 50 other families. I think that's what it is. That's why there's so much tension and it's a buildup. And that's why things are going on all the time is because like, it's like, it's not like, you know, it's not natural. It's just fucked all around. Yeah. I think that's the point is like, you know, and, and it's weird because like I hear commentary around these things and it's like, you know, why do people behave the way they behave? And it's like, well, you got to understand that, people adapt to their environments. So like you don't have a choice because it's, you know, fight or flight. You either survive or you don't. And you don't have no choice twin. And if you are, if you live in an environment with people, right. I live in a, you, you have family in your home. I assume you live by, you don't live by yourself twin, right. You might live with somebody in your house, right. You have to interact with these people. You have to respect these people's space, you know, and this is just in your home. So it could be your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, girlfriend, wife. Right. So I have a wife. I have to respect my wife's space. I have to know my wife's habits. I have to know all these things. Right. To like give her like her proper just do. You know what I'm saying? And same thing with my kids or anybody else. Um, but at the end of the day. It's the, if you live in with 100 people then it's like that in, in real life. So it's like, yo, if we live in a neighborhood, you gotta be careful who you uh, who you like offend, you know, who you bump into, what you do, whose sister you curse that, whose, uh, you know, whose mother you might've just said something to is all, you have to understand, you know what I'm saying? So it's hectic in that sense, but um, that's pretty much the, the, the cause and, um, and and causing uh pardon me i caught a brain for it but um uh, that's pretty effect, much the yeah. cause and effect when it's, it's the cause and effect we're not supposed to be living next to each other like that that's it that's pretty much it right there well i yeah i think i mean, I mean it makes sense because like humans aren't meant to be living on top of each other humans are supposed to yep. have space like you know we all have the feeling where it's like i need to be alone for a bit like I can't, I don't want anyone in my space. I don't want anyone talking to me. I'm just in a mood. I need to just decompress. It's been a stressful day or a period. I need to let the air out of the balloon before it pops. But like, if you don't have that opportunity, it's going to pop. And then you got 
and it pops and it pops off. And then, and then you've got thousands got. of balloons in the same area. Thousands All it takes is one. All it takes is one. And then one pops off and then it forces the other ones to pop off. And it's like a, it's just everything happens. Whereas if it's domino effect. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, but that's what it's like growing up twin in the projects is not like, um, constant, like you're not for, subjected to like constant bullshit. You are subjected to constant bullshit. Forgive me. Like, for going over my words because i'm not i'm trying to like make it it's not as bad but it's you know it is what it is it's hectic it's pretty much hectic man and people are ignorant to the rules and ignorant doesn't mean dumb it just means that we don't give a shit you know what i'm saying like we don't care like it says no pissing in the elevator we pissing in the elevator you know what i'm saying it says wear your mask we not wearing no mask like that's type shit like <laughs> yeah I, I think that fight back just gets exacerbated by, because like it, you don't have any form of like fight back, so you fight back against like common rules or like yeah, exactly. common way, because you don't have any other way. Like you don't like people don't listen to you when you're from from that yeah. from the street. Yeah. You don't have a voice. Like you yeah. feel like no one cares about you. Like of course it's going to come out in ways that are seen to be a struggle with authority after that. So when after that is like, you don't want to hear nothing from nobody, you know? So. Yeah. But I will say hip hop has done wonders for people in, in those situations. You know, it, it shows that, you know, everyone goes through that or that you're not alone in going through that struggle and that there is a way out. You know, when you look back on the career of Nas, he starts in a place of struggle. And look at him where he is now. Same as like Jay-Z, same as Dr. Dre. You look at where all these people started and where their lives began. And you can actually see that there is a path out. And, you know, Kanye is another one of them where like, you know, as much as people don't love who he is, but what he's shown is a progression. And what he's shown is like, you can make something of yourself. And that is such a powerful message in music that, that we have right now for us. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, man, I only have one more question for you. It's probably going to be the hardest question. I've asked you a couple of tough ones, but uh, this is the hardest one because it's the only one I planned. But if you had to recommend one album, it can be any genre, any music, cannot be your own, that everyone should listen to at least once to get an appreciation of, what would it be? I already have my answer, so I'm gonna just run with it. I would say it's um Stevie Wonder songs in the key of life. Damn, there you go. Stevie Wonder. What made you think of Stevie Wonder? Because I saw you like thinking about it, and I was it like you going Stevie Wonder popped in and you had to think about it twice, three times, make sure it was the right one. Stevie Wonder popped in when you said it because um I just I listened to the album the other day and it would it gave me that feeling. when I was like this is an album I feel like everyone should hear. Like, it's so good. You know what I'm saying? So um, it has Isn't She Lovely, you know, Ribbon in the Sky, all those kind of great songs. And um, I, my age, um, I've heard the song since the house album fully through. I was like, man, this is an album like I think everybody should hear. But I have a few, you know, I would I would recommend that. Um, um, I really love the Bob Marley and the Whalers, um, Bob Marley Exodus. I think that's one of the best albums, man, like, you know, to ride and listen to. Um, my other top one would be Amy Winehouse, Back to Black. That's like an amazing album, man. Like sonically, Salam Remy, you know, her, she killed that, man. Like, it's an amazing. And if we go into hip hop, I would probably suggest like um, all the great adventures of Slick Rick. I just started going back and listening to a bit of Slick Rick. God, yeah, he's just the Great Adventures of Slick Rick is an awesome album, man. It's amazing. Yeah, cannot agree more. But um, there you go, UFO Fieve. He came through. Um, obviously, please make sure you check him out. Check out his Spotify. Follow him on IG. And check out any of my albums too, man. Go check out all my catalogs. And I, I think you said I should. I should have suggested that. Go listen to everything UFO Fieve. Well, man, I was going to say, do you want to plug anything? Do you want to shout out like your handles or or where you're the most active on for, for people to follow you? Oh, man, thank you for having me, Aaron, for real, man. Um, it's a blessing, man, for real. Much love to all the people down under. 
Um, follow me at UFO Feeb everywhere. That's us. UFO F E V. And just enjoy the ride, man. And make sure you check him out. The first album I ever listened to was Airtime. That was like, I think it dropped 2020. Um, so make sure you check it out. And there is a track with Fat Joe. It's called Fentanyl. And the instrumental on that is such a good vibe. And like the, it is such a good track. I've had that song in my playlist for so long, but like, make sure you check it out. Um, but yeah, as I said, UFO Fever yes, came sir. through. Make sure you show them some love. And yeah, man, absolute pleasure. Yo, pleasure. Thank you for having me, brother. Speak to you soon, man. Hopefully I can see you soon and good help, brother. Fingers crossed. Hopefully you can do a tour out Be here safe, and we can man. do this in person. Later. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.